Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Hey, welcome back. We're up here in Southeast Georgia, Charlton County High School for a little Final Four baseball in uh, Georgia. So we've got a lot of baseball going on in, uh, in Florida. They're trying to get to the Final Four tomorrow. The teams like Bishop Kenny uh, playing Sewanee and Bartram Trails playing Haggerty. Uh, St. John's Country Days playing North Florida Christian. Uh, who am I leaving out? Uh, Fernandina Beach, I think, is playing the Villages. And they're a Cinderella there. They're the eight. Villages, team. huh? Yeah. They got people that aren't old? <laughs> That's a good. I don't know. I I didn't know that either, really, until recently. I've seen them now in a couple different sports. But go get them. <laughs> Somebody's grandson. Go get them. <laughs> but uh, Ferdinand Beach, nice Cinderella story because uh, they are the eight seed, but the village is like a seven seed in that region. So that thing was wide open, and uh, so we have several teams. I don't think I missed one. Oh, oh, tonight Columbia, by the way. So those are all regional finals. They do it different there uh, in Florida, where. They'll go then to the Final Four after down in Fort Myers, and it's just a single game, semifinal, and then a championship game. Well, around here, they do it right, <laughs> quite frankly. Go. And uh, there's, a, there's going to be a push for them to do it in Florida as well. But they play a best-of-three series here in the Final Four, and I think they do it even previously in the earlier rounds of the playoffs. But uh, that's what we got tonight, game one right now. Game and uh, Charlton County leads Social Circle, which is I guess on the other side of Atlanta. I found out one to nothing, and the uh, we are going to the bottom of the fifth. So we're cruising along here, and then they'll play game two right after this one, and then an, if necessary, game three tomorrow. So wow. uh, that's how it works, and they'll do the same thing for the state championship uh, as well. So uh, that's what's going on, and, and we heard a. Uh, Somebody wrote in and, and asked us uh, or told us about this last week. So I said, you know what, let's come up here. We've got Camden County football playing their spring game uh, as well. So we'll pop down the road and then maybe even come back for a little more ball. We'll have some of the highlights tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But as you know, we like getting out and about. Still not sure where I'm going tomorrow. I should do like a viewer's choice. Well, They'll do a poll. Do a poll. Because as far as I understand it, it's anywhere but here. Tomorrow, definitely. Because there's a lot of softball going nice. on tomorrow as well. But they're not in the – I'd probably go to a baseball. There's only two home. It's St. John's Country Day, which I went to Saturday night. Bartram, I went to Friday night. You know, I get a lot of stuff from other people when I go to, like, the same schools. Yeah. I got to explain. I'm just going to cover it. Well, here's the thing. You can't really put up a poll then because I imagine you'll end up at Bartram if you put up a poll. But because more people will vote? Yeah, it seems like every time you tweet about Bartram, like, people are, are in your replies. And I don't know about yeah. your DMs. I can't see those. But – and mostly because, you know, the connection isn't great. I don't really need that on Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Well, I found where the connection's good, though. That's, that's, I found where it's better. Uh, but you're not. But actually, St. John's Country Day is not the best either. I've thought of that. Oh, We're getting lucky out here in Charlton County. We rolled the dice. We had no idea. Um, so uh, It's been before, smooth. Yeah, it's been good. Knock on wood, it's been good. The, uh, I will say, like, here's the thing about uh, Bartram. It's... Like, I got to be careful how much I go to Bartram, man. I'm a Creekside guy. No, you are, for sure. I know a lot of the people are Bartram, but I got to be careful. That's Bachman territory. If he wants to go live from down there, like, every day, that's fine. I always actually love the people. Be like, man, you're bar down at Bartram a bunch. You're like, you think I want to be down at Bartram? There you go. I'm just kidding with them. But, and as they know, uh, good people in the baseball community. Um, so good luck to all the teams as they try to get uh, to the Final Four. And then softball as well as they advance uh, into the regional semis tomorrow. And there's a ton of teams uh, that are alive as well. Let's talk football here on the show. Football at 5 is what we call it. Brent Martineau and Casey Kurtz. We appreciate Stuart jumping uh, in and out, too. So 
Um, I could get some highlights along the way of this baseball game, uh, which also is cruising along later in the innings. Uh, I want to talk schedule in a moment, but let's start with Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and Tom Coughlin. I think you do have that yep. sound. Uh, we got Tom Coughlin last night at the uh, J-Fund dinner. Uh, today is the golf tournament over there at TPC Sawgrass. And, Casey, it's a, it's a pretty lengthy answer about Peterson and Trevor. And, but it's certainly one that you feel like the, head, the, the former head coach in the NFL, former Super Bowl coach, the former Jags coach, former Giants coach, uh, the former EVP of the Jacksonville Jaguars, certainly has endorsed this Peterson move. He likes the Peterson move, and you can tell he likes Trevor as well. Listen to his response when he's talking about Trevor Lawrence going into year two and Doug Peterson year one with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, I think, first of all, Trevor's going to grow from his experiences. You know, he's a very talented young man. You know, he, he um, took some things on the chin last year, which they all do. There's no rookie in the world that goes out there and... <laughs> And, you know, all you got to do is look at Peyton Manning and uh, or Eli, for that matter, with, with us. But uh, so he's going to learn tremendously. And that growth from year one to year two, that is huge. But Doug, being a quarterback, having played the position, having been in the league for a long time, having coached in the league, having, having been with Andy Reid, you know, have been groomed by Andy Reid. That's, that's extremely helpful. Doug's been on the winning end of the Super Bowl. Um, and so he brings all that to the table. And quite frankly, I think that the community uh, is, has welcomed Doug in. And, uh, and I think, you know, they're not, we're not going to make expectations on Mount Everest. We're going to be a little bit sen more sensible about that, I hope, and look for progress. And I think it will happen. So that's uh, Tom Coffin. And I thought there were some interesting things. Obviously, Trevor, he brings up Eli and uh, Peyton, right, and says year two, Listen, he'll, he's going to take a jump. He thinks he can take a jump. He'll get better. Uh, and we talked about this last week, I think, on the show, right? The five worst quarterbacks, rookie years. Yes. And four of those five were like, end up being terrific quarterbacks. Ryan Leaf, the only exception. But there was John Elway in there. There was Eli Manning in there. I forget who else was in there. But there were four really strong. I think uh, Terry Bradshaw, by the way, was one of the other two. And so I think Tom agrees. Like, hey, be patient here. The other thing he said be patient about is Peterson. It's like, don't have the sights of, of Mount Everest in year one uh, because he's been to Mount Everest. He's won the Super Bowl. But progress, it's about progress, and can he start to flip this? Just to echo what we basically talked about when we look at the draft next year, are the Jags picking 12, 13, 14? That's okay, actually. Like, sure, you'd want them picking 24 if you had your pick. You really want them picking 32 someday. But this year, if they turn around where you're picking 12, 13, 14 instead of 7, or three, or golly, one, you know, like that is progress. And that's really what Doug is here to do. He's got to fix a lot of things, and they have to get a lot better. And uh, I think I like what Coughlin said about that. And you can tell, Casey, you could hear it. Coughlin has a confidence in Peterson, and I think part of the confidence in Peterson was the fraternity of NFL coaches know what a disaster last year was with Urban Meyer. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that that's really what I think what stems with some of the confidence like at least you don't have that guy yeah absolutely you I, I got that same vibe as well that he does trust him and he understands like he said it in there he understands that Trevor needs a guy like Doug Peterson 
and that can't really be overshadowed, I guess you could say. But, yeah, I like the idea that Tom Coughlin's on board. I know last time he was on board for some stuff, it didn't go super well around here, but you got to understand that Tom Coughlin knows what he's talking about when it comes to football, and I, I like the idea that he likes the idea of Doug Peterson, I guess I should say. Yeah, so uh, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about the schedule. I have some schedule questions in a moment, but uh, I thought that was good stuff with Tom uh, that we had last night on uh, CBS 47, Fox 30, and today on ESPN 690. Let's get Captain Rick Riles in right now, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Captain Rick, give us a good report on the water, will you? <laughs> Hey Casey, let's try to let's try to see if we can bring Captain Rick back in a moment. That's obviously breaking up in a, in a pretty big way. See if he can buzz back in. I'm not sure if he's out on the water, but uh, I'm gonna pull the plug on that one, Captain Rick. It was a really hard to hear, so. Um, and I don't think it was just me. So hopefully, uh, Captain Rick will get back uh, with us, um, and we'll we'll hear from him in just a moment. Uh, coming up again. Let's talk schedule before we maybe hear from Captain Rick again. Uh, I have a couple of leftover things on the schedule. Again, uh, a little piggyback off some of the things that we did on TV this weekend. I think are, are really uh, fun if you missed it. If I give you take a look at the schedule, Casey, and if I give you the hardest part of the schedule, and you might have to call it up. Uh, if you don't have it memorized just yet. But what is the hardest part of the Jags schedule? What's the most challenging part? Is it early? Is it the Chargers, Philadelphia, you know, Indianapolis is in that mix. I know everybody thinks it's like a gimme win now, and I understand the mentality there, but it's really not. I mean, Indianapolis might be the best team in the AFC South. This is that three-game stretch. Uh, I tend to believe it's down the road a little bit where you've got Denver, you've got the Raiders, You've got Kansas City, and even after the bye week, you have Baltimore. I think the teams are good, and the quarterback row there. Whoop! Russell Wilson, Derek Carr's obviously turned himself into a good player, Patrick Mahomes, and then Lamar Jackson. That's a tough stretch, Casey. I mean, which one do you think is more difficult? On the road at L.A., on the road at Philly, a little uh, Indianapolis mixed in there, or that one that I just pulled out? Yeah, it's it's that one for me because I hate not having the bye after London, and I think you're, first of all, you have to win that Giants game now, in my opinion, because then you go to London, and then you play the Raiders, and then you go to Kansas City. And even after the bye, to your point, I think the Ravens are going to be really good because Lamar Jackson's that dude when he's healthy. So, yeah, I think that's the toughest part of the schedule by far. Absolutely hate that there's no bye there. I think the Raiders are a team that obviously they're going to be good, but I don't think anybody believes you can't beat the Raiders. They are gettable, but I think in the situation sandwiched between the Chiefs on the road and coming back from London, I hate that part of the schedule for the Jags. All right, we'll go to the easiest part in the most uh, or the biggest game to watch. And I think there's a couple of different ways to go uh, there in just a moment. I think we have Captain Rick back. Let's see if we can get him a little more clear on the Florida Sports and Fishing Report. Hey, Captain Rick. Brandon, I, please tell me that's better. i got to give you this report. Yeah, it sounds good now, man. Okay, good. I can promise you the mahi fishing is not going to get any better because it can't. I, I just... I can't believe it. My good friend Will Myers left the dock this morning with a cooler full of bait at 6.30 in the morning. By noon, he was home. His fish box completely topped off with big mahi. He had run out of bait. So it is just fantastic. Several blue marlin caught over the weekend. Danny Ledford, I know, caught one. My buddy Jay Cobb on the full of bull caught one. There were a few more caught. Blue water fishing is really going off, and it looks like we got a couple of days 
of very good weather ahead. So that's great news. I know I'll be out there. Inshore, an insane flounder bite. I don't know what the deal is with the flounder. Normally our numbers are pretty good this time of the year, but we don't see one like was caught at the ferry slip this week. 13 pounds, that's a big flounder. But uh, they've been scattered all out, all over from Mill Cove out through the end of the jetties. Trout are fair. Uh, there's been some big ones. I know of some six and seven pounders caught on Saturday. Reds are good. I got to tell you, this is the week. Take the week off, Brent, and go fishing if you can. One thing you can count on, I'll be checking in with you tomorrow afternoon and Wednesday afternoon. I hope I make it back to shore in time to check in because I'm going mahi fishing. Now's the time to do it. We'll be back with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Thank you, Brent. Thanks, Captain Rick. Appreciate it. Have a good day on the water tomorrow. It's nice to hear, by the way, that we got a good report out there and some fun fishing this week. Because we've yeah. had some tumultuous times on the water, it seems, uh, for, for the better part of the last uh, few months. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, we call it Football at Five. NFL schedule was released last Thursday. We talked a lot about it on Friday. But we had some leftovers. We just talked about the hardest part of the schedule. What about the easiest part of the schedule? Where do you see it, Casey? Uh, is it the first two games? I mean, well, people, would, can you characterize that? I mean, two games isn't really much of a stretch. Uh, where do you see some... Maybe, maybe where do you see a possible win streak for the Jags? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I see those first two games because if you look at the other games on the schedule that you think are winnable with Detroit sandwiched between the Ravens at home and then going to Tennessee, so you can't really feel like that's easy. Dallas is a team that obviously on paper they're a lot better than Jacksonville, but that doesn't mean anything when it comes to Dallas. They lose games they're supposed to win often. So I'm not going to say Dallas is an easy game, but you have that stretch of Dallas at the Jets and then at Houston at the end of the season and then really Tennessee at home. Not that that's very easy, but that's more favorable than like the London stretch we talked about. And then I guess depending on how you feel about the Colts at home, that Texans then going or Colts on the road, I should say, then going to Indy coming back for the Giants seems favorable. But to me, I really like that Washington Indy. Chargers are obviously going to be tough, and I believe that Doug Peterson is going to have them beat the Eagles. I don't know how or why, but I believe it to be the case. So for me to believe that, I think three of those four four games you might end up with wins. So I feel like that might be the easiest part of the schedule. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you might have to look all the way to the end of the year with the Jets, the Texans, and then maybe the Titans. It doesn't matter, right? I mean, that's a possible, like, little winning streak there. I do think you could take – I think, right, the Eagles even are a game where I think will be – they're not unbeatable. No. They're better, but they're not unbeatable. And I know you like that probably more than me. I mean, I still think the Eagles are significantly better at the moment. Uh, the Texans and then the Colts, although the Colts one is on the road, certainly gettable. Then the Giants, it's like almost you said, you might have to win. And the Broncos, a game in London where the Jags at times do play well. So, like, there's five games in there where if the Jags could roll off three wins, four wins, I, again, I know that's a big if, but we're asking the question, like, where's the win streak? Where's the softer part of the schedule? And I really think it's just like the Texans, the Colts, and the Giants. But even if you bookend those with the Eagles and Broncos, like, I don't look at those as unbeatable teams. I think you could play well and, and beat them, and especially given the London thing, which is always a, a weird game to predict mm -hmm. how they're going to play. So uh, I think, I think there, there's a softer spot 
Uh, definitely opposed to where you play in the AFC West, like right in a row. Again, that Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs into the Ravens after the bye. That's a really difficult stretch. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Last one for you on the schedule. Game that, like, you, you look forward to the most. That you can't wait to see. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, Kansas City or the Cowboys might be a great opponent, but I'm not sure I really want to see the Jags play them. You know, True. so the context of it is like you can't wait to see X game. Which one would it be? So I'm only going to say this in terms of maybe an in-person experience, I guess you could say. Um, and it comes back to Philadelphia. I, I think the Philly fans are obviously an interesting thing. I'm not saying I'm going in wear a Trevor Lawrence jersey because that might not end well for me, uh, especially if the Jags win the game. But I think the Philly experience with the fans, obviously the Doug Peterson part of it is huge. I think that would be a game to go to and maybe play it safe on your attire. But I think the atmosphere, I think everything about that game uh, early in the season, hopefully the weather in Philly is not super cold, but at the same time, not super hot. Um, But for me, that would be the game to attend in person if I was picking one. That's interesting. You kind of did it a little different way. I I get what you're saying there. I think there are two games that really highlight the schedule for me for the Jags that are important. And, And one's less important for the Jags. So I think you could actually say the Colts game in the home opener is one of the most fascinating games I think we've had here in a while. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who have won four games in the last two years, who have been really not good for over a decade, working on a dozen years and then some, are in the heads of the Indianapolis Colts. Like, I think the Colts are circling that game more than any game on their schedule. The Jaguars in Jacksonville, a place they haven't won since 2014. I mean, it sounds like almost stupidity, but I actually think that's real. If you listen to the brass talk in Indianapolis, like, I think that game is going to mean so much. And so I believe it's fascinating to see if the Jags can stay in their head. Can they beat them early? Could they potentially, if they beat Washington, get off to a 2-0 and start? I think it's, there's a lot going on there that could be fun. I, but in my opinion... The game that maybe matters the most in the psyche, perception, and will tell us a little bit, hopefully by this time, where the Jags are going, is that Jets game. And it's got nothing to do with it being in prime time. I really feel strongly that the Jets and the Jags right now are on this parallel line. And who's going to pull ahead? And the Jets, I said a little bit earlier in the show, uh, but I really feel like Zach Wolves and Trevor Lawrence, like the Jags have to have the better guy. The Jags have to be building a better roster. The Jags have to have the better coach and a Super Bowl winning coach than Robert Sala, quite frankly. Uh, The Jags are already on coach number two since Sala got there. So I think there's so much there in that game that, I mean, it's not the end-all, be-all. But it's important. It's important to show where this organization is going. And I think it's... I mean, it's not must-win, but it kind of feels like you can't lose the Jets two years in a row, and you really can't have some things happen. See, like the Jazz lost to the Jets last year, but it wasn't like Zach Wilson, like, just kicked your butt. He had that run, though. He did have the run, but it just, it was it didn't feel it. wasn't right? a, a Like, you didn't leave that game yeah. and like, oh, my gosh, they got the better guy, and right? No, absolutely not. And if I remember right, the Jags should have won if they kicked field goals, right? Wasn't that the storyline? They went uh, for it on fourth down multiple times and didn't get it. I think they did. I think they did. But they gave up like 210 rushing yards, too, in that game. Well, yeah, that, too. But but this game, like, Trevor needs to outplay Zach Wilson. And it's in prime time. So that adds to it as well. Again, this is a perception, a psyche game, a where-are-we-going game here in Jacksonville. And it's in December, but by that time, 
Now these guys have both played like almost two years in the NFL. So like they should be good or getting better or showing signs of it. I think that to me is the game. Like that is, it's not a divisional game, it's a, but I think it's a says a lot kind of game about both franchises. And by the way, it could be a hell of a game and it could say that both are trending in a good direction. Like the Jags could actually lose that game and still come out and be like, okay, at least they're going in the right place. You can actually accomplish that sometimes. Uh, so I think it's a big one. And, and that's the one that I've got circled. Uh, got to wait a long time for it, though. It's in December. We'll be back. Uh, Charlton County High School, that's where we're at. And they're up 3 nothing now as uh, we go into the sixth inning. So uh, we'll see if uh, Geiger can uh, finish things off against Social Circle here in game one of a best-of-three series in the Georgia State Final Four up here in southeast Georgia. We'll be right back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I know you've been checking out the housing market, and it's boomed in uh, northeast Florida and even up here where I am today in southeast Georgia. It makes you think about taking advantage of the market, especially if you're selling or thinking about it. What if you could sell your home and just skip the hard parts? You can at Opendoor.com. Change so many things about the way we do almost anything in life. Well, this is the new way to sell your home, Opendoor.com. Go to the website, answer a couple minutes worth of questions. Seriously, it's just two or three minutes, and they send you an offer if you're eligible. Moving next month, maybe next year, maybe you're just thinking about it, try opendoor.com. It's easy. Skip the hassles and hurdles of listings, showings, and potential obstacles that well, you usually run into when you're selling your home. Just sell it to Open Door. They'll deal with the rest at opendoor.com. Hundreds of thousands of homeowners are requesting offers. You can, too. Sell your home and skip the hard parts. Get your free offer at opendoor.com slash offer. Offer eligibility varies. Open Door is represented by Open Door Brokerage Incorporated, license 02061130 in California, and Open Door Brokerage LLC in its other markets. Welcome back, everybody, to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau here at uh, Charlton County High School. Watch a little Final Four baseball game one. Now in the bottom of the sixth inning in Charlton County, the Indians at home against Social Circle. Now lead four to nothing. They just added another one here in the bottom of the sixth. So nice. trying to uh, slam the door shut with three outs to go. Geiger's been terrific on the mound. He's only allowed a couple of hits. And uh, actually three now and no runs. Uh, fun story up here. Uh, I told you about Casey. Gantz, a kid that played with Ty on his uh, Cooperstown team. I knew he played up here, but we didn't know he's exactly throwing game one. Um, so get to see the young fella pitch a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, getting it done tonight on the, today on the mound in game one of this best of three series. Yeah, sounds like it. That's um, Cooperstown was a minute ago, I assume, right? Because yeah. you have to be uh, yeah. Little League. So. Uh, that's um, that's a pretty cool like little subplot that you didn't even really know was going to happen, but happened to happen, and he's shoving. So shout out to him for sure. Yeah, pretty cool. Like I say, this this happens like it's part of the cycle of life instead of the circle of life. It's the cycle of life. You all the you people listening now, and you have kids, and you're playing like seven U baseball or eight U or softball or flag football or whatever you're playing, and you're that little, and then you and you know what's coming at some point because you've heard other people say it. But, like, that's the stage we're in now where, like, all those kids that you played with, now I'm watching them play in high school. Like, yeah. I go to St. John's Country Day or Bartram Trail or Bishop Kenny uh, this past week, and you see, well, a lot of kids that we've played with or watched as little guys, <laughs> you know, um, or girls. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. That's a fun part of it to see all the kids, number one, still playing, uh, number two, still enjoying it, and number three, having some success uh, along the way. So uh, that is kind of fun. Brent Martin. Casey Kurtz, uh, you had a breakfast story? 
Oh, do I have a breakfast story, Brent? Is it unfathomable? I'll help you out with that word. Uh, sort of, you know. Um, yeah, so I'll share it with you. I uh, am a big fan of breakfast, as you know. Uh, one of my three favorite f- times of the day. But I'm not going to lie to you, Brent. I really like breakfast. It might be the best time of the day. So, Really? Uh, I oh. hate breakfast. See. Hate it. I knew. See, I always have wondered, like, some of the things about you. Like, oh, I wonder why he's like that. It's Well, that's why. Breakfast is great. So, nonetheless, Amanda had to get her oil changed. So we took her car for the oil change, and we were on the way home. And Amanda was like, hey, let's stop at this place that we tend to get coffee and food. Because I'm sure you don't want me naming names, so I'm not going to do that. Um... So the line was rather long, so we mobile ordered, we waited, we get up to the drive through thing, and I was like, hey, you know, Casey mobile order, right? Okay, so I pull around, I get there, dude hands me my two coffees, and then says, you're going to have to come back later or tomorrow for your breakfast sandwich. I, and it caught me off guard, I said, what? He goes, yeah, we're short staffed, so we don't have enough people to make the food, but you can come back tomorrow. So he took your money? Yeah, they took my money because I, like, mobile ordered on the app. And oh. I, I was like, so why didn't you tell me when I pulled up and said I have a mobile order and then proceeded to wait, like, six more minutes before I got to the window that that wasn't going to happen? And, like, it was like I was the problem. I was like, what do you mean tomorrow? Like, it's today. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with my breakfast sandwich tomorrow? You know, remember the, remember the conversation we had last week about ordering stuff online? Yeah. That's exactly it. That's why. Because now you just yeah. feel like you got screwed. Well, I did. Okay. The place but are you I'm... going back tomorrow? Are you going to go back tomorrow? And number one, no. how hard is it going to be able to get to get your sandwich tomorrow if you do go back? Right. That's the thing. Like, he was like, oh, don't worry. I'll save you a receipt. I'm like, until tomorrow morning, like, you're going to know it's me when I pull up. And, like, the whole thing was just so odd. But... The, my favorite part about it was, like, how cool and casual he was about it. He's like, you know, maybe we'll have yeah, it like tomorrow. like, this is an everyday thing. I was like, what do you mean I can come back tomorrow? It's today. Like, I'm hungry today. And he's like, well, maybe a little bit later when more, like, people show up. I'm like, it's 10 a.m. It's not, like, 7. Like, I'm no. not, like, breaking down the door to get in. Like, what is the situation here? By the way, if that was a good place, they'll give you two tomorrow. They're not going to. Spoiler alert. Should. Yeah, should give you two. So when it happened, I'm not going to lie to you, Brent. When it happened, the plan was I was going to come on the air and trash him, right? But then I was like, nah, Brent's not going to be happy with that. And frankly, I go to this establishment a lot, but they're going strongly downhill. That's what I'll uh, say. It's hard to get help these days. And what I find is a lot, even in not just like fast food places, but it's I just don't feel like people get trained up anymore. I think they just get thrown into the fire. And that's actually a great point because I will add this. So the dude that was, like, giving the coffee at the window, right, he probably could have been doing more because when you pull up to order, like I said, I had a mobile order, so I said that, but the lady that was taking orders was a lady, right? So I'm assuming that she was taking orders as well as making coffee, then leaving my dude to be doing nothing but handing out the drinks at the window. You see what I'm saying there? Yeah, I hear you. So, and the line was extremely long, right? So I'm sure people were arguing because they were also told to come back tomorrow for their (laughs) breakfast today. But I'm just saying, like, when somebody, like, orders and you know you have a line, just throw it in. Because the only thing worse... Then taking a long time and finding out I can't get my breakfast till tomorrow, would, or the the worst thing would be like I would wait and get my sandwich rather than wait and get it tomorrow. Yeah, because either way I'm still waiting. Yeah, you're still waiting. 
I would. What do you think? Uh, like you like breakfast? Love See, it. like it's not like I don't like breakfast food. I like eggs. I like bacon. I like sausage. I like. I mean, I would eat. Like I probably really would eat too many McGriddles. It's like one oh, of the best things ever made. Love, love the McGriddles, Brent. I mean, McGriddle might be one of the best things ever made. Oh, no doubt. But I also feel like I'm like should head to the emergency room after I eat one or two of them. Eh, I try to think about but it. See, see, that's my problem with like the breakfast stuff. Like I just don't feel good the rest of the day. Really? After eating the breakfast, like I usually will get a stomach ache of sorts or something like that. Because, like, name a breakfast food that's that's good. That's like, like really good for you. You know? But, well, yeah. Like real, like eggs are kind of good for you. Yeah, eggs are. Eggs are. But um, yeah, like I see you're saying, like the waffle, the pancake, the muffin, the donut, yeah, like, the bacon, like the syrup, the, the syrup, the hash everything. brown. Yeah. Like it's, it's just not good for you. So what I do is like, I go and get breakfast at like one o'clock. I have seen you do that. Yeah, like I'll eat. You know, we go down next to Davoli's Cafe Genovese there, yeah, and uh, and we'll eat there. And I I never get lunch at one o'clock there. I always get an omelet with bacon, and That's right, fries and everything else. Yeah, yeah. It's so 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 you're anti breakfast in the morning time, and anti dog. It's amazing that we ever got along. I'm not anti dog. That is a bad label. That, that is not true. I'm not anti dog. In fact, ask Olivia. She brought her dog in yesterday. I was playing with the dog. Aspen. Aspen. The dog, you know. I'm sure she wouldn't appreciate that part of it, but, you know, it's listen. The dog. Nope. Nope. See? See, this isn't good. This isn't good. It's not a dog. It's yeah. Aspen. The dog it's has a, a dog. name. The dog is a part of Liv's family, just as my dog is very important to my family. Uh, okay, so very, we're not, very, we're not very, very important. We're not going to sit here and say the dog. We're not going to, I'm not going to let that happen on my watch. All right, hey, let's take a break. I'm going to see if I can get the last out here, and then we'll, we'll put a bow on the show. Sounds Head good. into Action Sports Shacks OT, all right? Sounds can we good. do that? Yeah, do your thing. Go, go, go. All right. We'll be right back at ESPN 6 9. The NFL is going to meet with Deshaun Watson this week, and as we mentioned last week, the NFL would like to reach a decision sooner rather than later, preferably sometime this summer, to bring closure to this particular situation that's hung over Deshaun Watson, the National Football League, for quite some time. But he is scheduled to meet with NFL officials this week, and keep in mind, Field, that this will be the first case under the new collective bargaining agreement. So Roger Goodell will not make the ruling. It will come from a recommendation of Lisa Friel, Todd Jones, various NFL officials, not Roger Goodell as it now exists under the new terms of the collective bargaining agreement with personal conduct policy cases. But that will continue to be expedited this week. That was Schefter right there. I missed the early part. He was talking about Watson, right? Yeah. Okay. Um... Interesting story. That's an interesting little nugget there. That it's not really going through Commissioner Roger Goodell. Yeah. So, like, is Goodell really still making the decisions behind the scenes? Is stamping approval? Like, how's that work? That's a little different. And so how does this kind of new system, as Schefter put it, work? Uh, will be pretty fascinating. And I don't know what they can do with the Watson deal. Because he was involved with it, can they punish him too much? If he wasn't found guilty of anything, or at least not yet, like, uh, I think that's a tricky spot uh, for the NFL. Did you see the other story about Deshaun Watson today? Uh, they're going on some trip, right? Team bonding? Yeah, like, about? it said that he's bringing his offense. Is that everybody? 
Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I think that's the squad. Receivers, tight ends, guards, center, tackles, running backs, fullback, if you got one, come on board. Okay. Back First up of QB, all, Baker Mayfield, slide through. Great. <laughs> that's a good question. Is Baker Mayfield invited? Uh, that'll be a fun one. I'm going to put that out there right now. There you go. <laughs> um, first of all, brilliant move, right, by Deshaun. You just got paid $230 million guaranteed. Yeah. Go spend whatever. Who cares? Um, so I like the move. He, I will say this about Deshaun Watson. The word coming out of Watson, who, who by the way, has really damaged his image over the last couple of years because he was a clean guy uh, from an image perspective. And known as a very good leader. Like, that was one of his great traits coming out of Clemson. Mm -hmm. And so to see this isn't that surprising. I think he was a good – I mean, heck, he drove to Jacksonville instead of flew and played right. with, like, a rib injury. You know I mean? Like, he, he's got a lot of good traits as a CEO franchise quarterback. Now, this has obviously changed a lot of things, this whole situation, over the last year, year and a half, two years. And I do believe – and I'm a little bit like this – take the actual allegations and that stuff out for a moment – I think the fact that you don't want to play for a team, that always rubs me the wrong way. It's like they invested in you, and now you're asking out. There's a lot of stuff going on in Houston. I, I just would rather have the guy that's being loyal and would rather stay. Now, that's not always the smartest decision. So I, I got to caveat that a little bit, right? But I just don't love it. Before, I, at least you give me more details on it, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But I don't love the idea of the best player, the guy you've invested a lot in, you've tried to build around – and he's like, I want out. And that happened before all the other allegation stuff. So it never sits well, I think, with people in general. Uh, and, and then you get the other stuff on top of it. But brilliant move by Deshaun Watson. What I was really asking or thinking about, I mean, is that put a little bit of pressure on a lot of quarterbacks now in the league? Like, you know, quarterback situation, running back situation, you used to buy your offensive line stuff. Like last year, at the end of the year, I saw Trevor Lawrence in the offensive line at Top Golf, and Trevor was there. Uh, we were doing one of our last shows, and and I heard he was there, so I actually went down and and just was observing a little bit. But he was there, and he actually had a, um, a golf manufacturer there to fit all the offensive linemen with clubs. Oh wow, that's cool. So like, I don't even know if that's ever come out, but like I saw that. I've never heard that. it until right now. And. and so that was like, but that's not like uncommon. Running backs usually get their guys a watch or something like that on the offensive line. Like that's part of it. It's a it's a cool part. I think around Christmas time, sometimes the team rooms will will get each other gifts or do a secret Santa or whatever it is. Um, but I just wonder now, like, did Sean Watson just change the game for quarterbacks? Like, do they have to do something bigger than? Golf clubs in the afternoon at Top Golf. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I would say no because I think this is a weird situation, right? Everything that you just said, I'm not going to re-say, but it's all there. So I think it's fair to assume that not every player on the Cleveland Browns, when they said they were getting to Sean Watson, was like, oh, great, we have an A-plus guy coming in here to lead our team. So I think there's fair that some of those guys might have been skeptical. And then you got to consider the fact that was Baker Mayfield very good? Not really. Not last year. But he played hurt, and all of his teammates knew it. So they probably have a respect for Baker Mayfield that a lot of us do not, that he was trying to win games for them while he was injured, and everyone knew he was injured. 
So you might have to consider the fact that those guys still might be kind of loyal to Baker Mayfield. There might be something there. And Deshaun Watson really has some stuff to clear up. He's got to prove to those guys that, first of all, he's worthy of being on their team, in my opinion, because he does have a lot of stuff to clean up. So I don't know if that becomes an every year thing. I think it's a have to do this year for Deshaun Watson, but until like he does it every year, then we can stick with the golf clubs, in my opinion. Yeah, that'll be that. that that's a really good take on it, though. Will it be an annual thing like next year? The guys like somebody get like some draft pick, right? Gets picked, it's picked second round by the Browns, and and uh, he's like waiting for the summer to come, and he never gets an invite to like. I mean, we'll say the Bahamas again. Like yeah. what the hell? I only, like, I only I signed here because I heard we were going <laughs> to the Bahamas, Deshaun. What a disappointment. I mean, that's like when you think you're getting the Christmas bonus, but it never comes in. Hey, I've been there, Brent. <laughs> yeah, you've been there. Try working in this industry for 20-plus years. Sounds like I'll be there for 20-plus <laughs> more years, Brent. <laughs> yeah, he will. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, Dan, that stat boy, we always like when he jumps in. And uh, he said, you know, back when I said the Jags and the Jets were the big game. Mm-hmm. He said, if the Jags are 7-7 seven and seven going into that game and the Jets are 3-11 and 11, and the Jags lose, I don't think it means squat. And I understand what he's saying there. Um, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, I think if the Jags are seven, have seven wins, okay, mm-hmm. for, for seven wins with three remaining, because I think the – is it the Jets and then, like, Texans and Titans – uh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. So if they are 7-7 seven and seven with three games to go, well, hell, I don't think it matters what they do either because they got to seven wins and they might get to eight, and that would be freaking a very good year. Uh, so I would agree in that context. What's the chances the Jags are four games better than the Jets at that time? Well. I, I, don't, I don't see that. So I'll, give, I'll, I'll change the game just like this. If they're six and eight, and the Jets are four and ten, I think it's a pretty big game because now the Jags are going to six and nine, and the Jets are going to five and ten, and that was a one-game gap, and that's because the Jets beat the Jags. Yeah, that's like, true. See what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, I understand what what Dan's saying there, like, and that's that's fair. Like, the the situation could dictate it, but I even did say, like, in in my conversation about that. I don't know if the win is as important as what things look like. And so some of the optics of all that will be, okay, how are they doing? Uh, But some of the other things like could be, if it's, like I said, 38-35 game, and Zach Wilson played awesome, but Trevor Lawrence played awesome, well, that's fine. You know, and maybe the defense makes a play or, or a running back runs for 60 yards. Like that had nothing to do with the quarterbacks or something like that, and that's why the Jets win. Or they win on like a 52-yard field goal. You know, like whatever it is. If that's the scenario, then I, I think, to Dan's point, like, that's cool. Like, it's okay um, that they didn't win the game. But it's really how they look. And the bottom line is Trevor, for the rest of the time, is going to be compared to Zach Wilson, uh, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. And you can probably, at, the, at least in these early stages, throw in the Davis Mills. 100%. And that is going to happen. And uh, I think, by the way... If there's a little separation between one of those guys, let's just say Justin Fields a little bit better, but but Trevor's really good too, and that's the way I view this class. I think five of those quarterbacks are going to be good, and if Trevor's in that mix of being good, even if he isn't like heads and shoulders above like everybody thought he was and thinks he is or could be, 
Well, I think that's still okay. He's got to be in the conversation, though. Like, he can't be the fourth-best quarterback in this class. No. He probably can't be the third-best quarterback in this class. Also, no. But, but he definitely can't be four, and he definitely can't be five, and he heck no, can't be six. So, again, there there's something to that. Like, the, the Jags will never take heat, in my estimation, for picking Trevor. No. Because everybody in football would have picked Trevor. Yeah, agreed. Right? Like, this is different. I always say the Jags shouldn't take that much heat for picking Gabbert because at least they were convicted to trade up. They thought they had a guy. They misdiagnosed it, or they didn't handle him well. But not everybody in football would have done that. Everybody in football would have picked Trevor Lawrence. Now, in hindsight, you'll have all these people that will come out and say, oh, I would have picked Justin Fields if he ends up being like the like the Hall of Famer out of the group, right? Yeah. That's not true. That's not true. They wouldn't have. They were all picking Trevor Lawrence. If their job was the GM of any football team, and we're picking quarterback. They were all picking Trevor Lawrence. Without that question. is just fact. And so I don't think we can ever give the Jags fault for picking him. What we can do is give the Jags fault for what happened last year. Not putting enough around him. Not putting him in a good situation to be successful. And now not grooming him to be one of the best players in the league. We'll see if the other guys are better and nobody saw it coming. Possibility does exist uh, on that. But I think that Jets game is big uh, to determine at least some of the early race between the Jets, the Jags, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. All right, that's going to do it. Charlton County, you were fun. Thanks uh, for hanging out with us up here in southeast Georgia. They get game one. They're going to go play game two right after this. And Charlton County in the final four, if they win the next one, they are in. They win the best of three, and they're on to the state championship series. So good luck to the Indians. Uh, we'll have some highlights tonight on CBS 47, Fox 30. I'm also heading up the road to Camden County to get a little spring game football. I love their football up here in southeast Georgia as well. So we give a little love. Uh, today in Georgia. We've got Action Sports Shacks OT coming up next. It's Casey Kurtz. It's Brian Middleton. It's on the way when we come back on ESPN 690. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.